You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Welcome to Monday. <laughs> oh, Grump, this is officially my favorite time of the year. Um, you can see I am nice and pretty cleanly shaved, or most of them ever going to be, because I am starting a playoff beard, and not just a playoff beard. Oh, it's lightning. A double playoff beard, because the Knicks are starting um, next weekend. The lightning will be starting short soon enough, so I haven't had a double playoff beard. Wait, wait, wait. I, I want a suggestion here. Yes, sir. I want this to be a two-parter, right? So one team gets the mustache, the other team gets the beard. You got to pick right. right now. Um, I am. Oof. I am going. Actually, to say... wait, wait. Who's the higher seed? The lightning, right? Uh, it's pretty close. I mean, the lightning are—they look like shit the last couple of weeks. So I'm not. But I aren't they officially in? Uh, both teams are officially in. That oh, is they are? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they're just kind of limping to the finish line this year. So, all right, so that's what we'll do. We'll just – we'll start off with the uh, the playoff beard and mustache, and when one team is out, the beard will go. The mustache will remain for whoever <laughs> hangs around longer. There you go. And, and besides that, you can see this. Yeah, there you go. We're the best team in baseball, the 10-0 Tampa Bay Rays. So, Jeez. I know this is the time of year where you love me or you hate me. For those who love me, go Knicks, go Giants. For those who hate me, go Bolts, go Rays. So, well, I'm, I'm I'm happy for you. Uh, I, I, have, <laughs> I have my devils to cheer on. They've clinched long ago. Um, hey. I saw their screwing. I haven't really looked at the news to see if it was legit, but I saw something that Luke Hughes was skating this morning. I think he's like 19. That doesn't sound right, though. I have to check the uh... – the Just Devils podcast. I, he's that, trending on Twitter. Luke Hughes is trending on Twitter, but I didn't. I didn't have time to look at it or whatever. But exciting times. When was the last time a devil trended on Twitter? When was the last time? They- uh, well, I mean, it's trending for me, so it's personalized <laughs> to my stuff. No, I'm being serious. Like, uh, I I don't know if he was trending. Like, I, I guess like he was probably also trending regionally. I guess. God damn that. Elon it's Musk, it's so fucking complicated. It doesn't matter. I don't care anymore. The point is... You know, what should, you know what should be trending? This podcast. There you go. This YouTube show on, you know, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, <laughs> all your favorite locations. That's where you should be trending. All right. Anyway, uh, giant stuff. We'll, we'll move on from all that other stuff. Yes. Um, hope everyone had a good Easter if you celebrate. Passover if you celebrate. I don't know if there was... Is there another one I missed? No, oh, I got this nice little Pez thing here for Easter. So thank you, cranky wife, for that. <laughs> this is the worst candy. <laughs> it looks pretty. Oh, I haven't broken into it yet. I've been, I've been knocking out the um, the peanut butter uh, Reese cups. Those things, oh, like yeah. little egg shaped. Those. I think I've knocked out three quarters of the bag already. But this will be uh, this will be tomorrow's activity. The uh, <laughs> the Pez Easter bunny. I like it. Um. So in the past week, I think it was like the day after our show, or maybe even the day of last episode, the Giants signed uh, center J.C. Hassenauer. Um, 
Offensive lineman, I think he's strictly a center. He played under Dayball at Alabama, graduated in 2018. So I know you remember him clear as day, right? JC oh, of Hash now. Yeah. When I go back and think of uh, Derek Henry and I think of Joe Namath and I think of all these guys, J.D. Hasnauer is right up there <laughs> in that Mount Rushmore of Bama greats. Um, Brian Dibble pointed out his intellect and toughness uh, as two specific qualities he had and he believes needs to be had by someone on the offensive line. Um, he's mostly been a backup in the NFL, most recently at Pittsburgh. Uh, I think he's – it's, it's been long? like seven games in like the last five years. Is it five years he's been in the league? Okay. I was 2018, say... I think he graduated. Okay, 8, 9, 10, 1. No, so he never played Evan Nealis before him. Okay. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, he did have one year in the AAF playing for the Birmingham Irons before moving oh. up to Pittsburgh, which, by the way, that is another bullet in the chamber of the minor league system's help. Uh, that was him after being cut from the Falcons, got no time, played in Birmingham in the spring, and then immediately in the fall or summer signs with Pittsburgh, and he was there after that. Listen, I am all for these leagues if they can become a true feeder system for the NFL. You know, it's the only sport – you know, baseball obviously has the minor leagues. Basketball has got the G League, and you know, hockey has all the the amateur leagues and everything. But you know, if, if these leagues stop trying to be gimmicky and stop trying to be, you know, just trying to be made for TV things, and actually try to be a legitimate feeder for the NFL, I think you'll see a better product on the field in these leagues and more interest because you know the there's an insatiable appetite and interest for the NFL. I mean, we've been talking about the draft for three months now and everything, and having the opportunity to see these guys play and get development and be ready to make, it'll just make the NFL better. Not maybe, you know, the difference between who's an all pro or not, but those bottom roster spots will, you know, rise up a team a little bit. So there's also be more competition there for aging veterans, et cetera. Sure. Um, Yeah. I I mean, that's kind (laughs) of, I guess I have the unique position of watching kind of with that uh, extra lens. Uh, that I think like 99% of its viewership does not. But whatever. yeah, I, 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 I look at the XFL with a Stevie Wonder lens. I don't even watch it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. This, this is, I feel worse about this than, than uh, John Feliciano when they signed him. And I was like, oh, well, you know, uh, if, if center doesn't work out, like we always have this guy, he can be depth or whatever. And then he ended up starting the whole year and he was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I was okay with that. Like if he was the starter, I was like, eh, okay, I can deal with that. This, I don't feel that same way. I feel bad about this. This is like, I mean, this is a roster body. It's depth. I'm cool with that. But like, I'm not okay with us not getting a center. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't think any, uh, drafting decisions have been, have been changed because of the signing. At no, all. not at all. But yeah, I mean, so it I'm- just like, I, this is just as bad as not having him here. <laughs> for me it wow. still has to be like a huge like it's got to be addressed w- with you know absolutely absolutely when i yeah. say that I, I mean like i don't want them to be like waiting for their guy i'm not saying they have to pick him in round one i'm just saying if there's a guy and they're like that's our center i don't want them to miss him so like whatever it takes whatever evaluations and scout work they have to do and whatever tea leaves they have to read to see what other teams think of this guy they cannot let somebody else get him that's what i mean by like they have to like they have to solve it with their optimal solution and that's why this signing i think has no impact on that at all i think this is a this is a body you may not even see you know opening weekend in september 
It's true. Um, you know, if, if they do get that guy and, you know, if the fates have it so that they have, like, some other guard available to them at some point, Ben Bredesen as a backup center would not be – I mean, honestly, when I look at this, that's what I see. Like, Ben Bredesen as a backup center is just as good as J.C. Hasnauer. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. So mm-hmm. literally nothing changed from my perspective other than now there's competition. He's a true center at the very least. What was his uh, price point? I don't know. Probably nothing. I didn't even – I don't even know if those details are out, but I'm assuming the minimum. Okay. So – if you can get a, a body in camp who has basically no cost and no impact for anything, and it's also April 10th, yeah, you bring him in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. criticizing the move. It just it means very little to me. Yeah. Um, That's probably more than we'll spend time talking about him the entire year. Could be. And bookmark that when we're complaining about him in October. Yeah. When he's he's, he's been fantastic, but like he's had like two bad games in a row, and we exactly. were just oh so wrong about him. We today. were we were very excited in preseason game two where he <laughs> he pancakes somebody, and we're like God, maybe we we were wrong, and then we're like, yeah, well. Um, this signing came amid the visits of Dion the visit of Dion Jones, which was of course after the visit of Ashawn Robinson, both of which garnered you know a lot of fervor from the fan base from us even. Um, I think those guys just have good agents, right? Yeah, Deion Jones I mean, is kind of seeking a prove-it-deal year. You know, I mean, he, he had his final year in Atlanta was without the guy who – without Dan Quinn. Goes to Indianapolis where uh, I think he gets hurt. Um, so he, he needs – he just – he's proven it already. He had like three solid years his first three years here uh, in the NFL. People want his athleticism. He's shown he can do it. He just needs – a good year under his belt to get the deal that he probably deserves. Um, and so he's testing out a team that could use him in the right system, but we're not the only ones. Ashawn Robinson, on the other hand, I think is somebody who's just like looking for a deal with contenders. And we are certainly not the only, I mean, he could go right across the river to Philadelphia. They would, they would sign him, I think. Yeah. In fact, I think I texted you the other night. I was like, whatever happened with that? Cause it seemed like it was hot and heavy and it looked good. And all of a sudden it just kind of died. And you're right. You know, the, once you get past that initial flurry of, of signings, it's in your best interest to let everything play out and see who has the needs. I think certain for certain players, that's the truth, right? Like, I don't think J.C. Hasnauer serves any benefit being like, oh, thanks for the offer, Giants. I'm going to keep sticking around and see what else I, comes I think my he, way. But I think he's just happy he has a job. Yeah. Sure. But, I mean, like, Deion Jones, he has his – he needs this to be his prove-it year. He needs to go to the right spot. Ashawn Robinson, he wants to be with a contender. The Giants could be pretenders, not contenders. So he came in for his visit. He'll probably get phone calls after draft day. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I you know, as Giant fans, we are very excited about this team, but I don't know. I mean, are you going to Vegas right now and putting money on this team going to the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl? I'm not ready to do that just yet. And that's just me betting, you know, 25 bucks. These guys are, you know, making career decisions, which, you know, can impact their, you know, current and future earning potential. So we are we're not a proven commodity just yet. Nope. Yeah. So I I expect both of those guys to be, you know, offering their services around the league after draft day. They may come back. They may not. There might be a better spot for them. And to be honest with you, we may not need the services of them after draft day. But let's not 
on the same thing if they sign elsewhere say you know we missed or we screwed it up or we didn't you know I said this I've said this in shows past and I'll keep saying it you know, at the end of the day it's their decision where they want to go to you know some guys will go for the most money some guys go for the best chance to play you know in the, in the scheme it fits them some want to go to contenders so you know let's if you have a narrative that for some reason you like this front office you know don't use this as you'll probably use this as we couldn't close the deal and that's not the case yeah well i mean we don't know and it's just yeah. one of those things and also you know they could be asking for an astronomical amount of money of course yeah whatever taking less money or you know whatever so right um that's kind of it for like news that happened in the last week we're only yeah. uh what are we two and a half weeks away from the draft only it's you know we talk about this thing for months and months and all of a sudden it's like really getting close so yeah it's insane man i was thinking about this this afternoon when i was getting my daily starbucks plug even though they're not our sponsor um you know a lot of people like kind of the common narrative is that the daniel jones contract was constructed in a way that does this front office still have 100% confidence in him? And it was structured, you know, with an out after two years and a lot of, you know, protections that you may think that it was because they don't have 100% faith in him going forward. And I wanted to challenge that a little bit and see what your thought was. I mean, do you look at it necessarily as, oh, this this front office, this coaching staff is not all in on Daniel Jones, so they, they're protecting themselves? Or is it just a case of simple, smart, cap management where you don't want to be tied to anybody for those dollars long term you know in case for whatever reason something doesn't pan out that you know someone gets injured you know fire the coaching staff in a year and somebody else comes in and he's not a fit to what the quarterback's you know skill set is you know how do you how did you perceive the way that contract was structured i have to do a bit of Kerry Strug mental gymnastics to find a situation in which Daniel Jones getting offered a contract is somehow not confidence in him. I think that's <laughs> quite a reach. Um, look, I openly criticized the Dak Prescott contract. There was plenty there that could show at that time that he could be elevating the team but there was also just enough to show that maybe he's just along for the ride and they gave him the super mega like they gave him the deal and to me they that gave, was stupid they gave him the deal that hey you are the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys you need to be correct i mean paid like you're a a star who transcends football you are like the center fielder for the Yankees you are the quarterback of the Cowboys which may or may not be a a, a problem that they just have to have you know what i mean like uh, I, I I think to a certain extent New York has that problem. I think being the quarterback to the New York Giants is a big deal. I, I would even say being the quarterback to the New York Jets is a huge deal. Sure. Uh, I, I think there's this thing that – but I, I do think that being America's team, being branded that way, um, there is well, there is a level of non-negotia- no, non-negotiable cost, I think, that agents will always be able to hold over Jerry Jones' head with that. Yeah, I mean, look at the last several quarterbacks who were the, the quarterback of the, of the Cowboys. They are number one announcers on TV. They are, you know, Roger Staubach is still a household name. You know, there is something to that. There is a brand that you are 
paying for as much as you are of what you're getting on the field. Well, I, I mean, but bringing it back to Daniel Jones, like, I think it's foolhardy. I mean, like, first of all, it stretches out over a potential four years, okay? Just maybe this is less not confidence in Daniel Jones, but maybe less confidence in everything. Think about it. How long have we had our last coach? Two years. Before that, two years. Two years. Before that, two years. Two years. How many GMs have we had? You know what I mean? Like this this is in flux here. We had a good year last year, an unexpectedly good year on a moderate a, schedule at best. A good year, not a great year, not yes, a, you know, correct. it was they had, a, they had a good year. I mean, the bar has been so low with this franchise since those Super Bowls that, you know, oh my god, not sucking equated to being great in a I lot mean, of Yeah, and, and and like I don't want to diminish like, the uh the accomplishment there but i mean mm-hmm. the overall product was good i mean i think it was good and it got better at the end of the year at the right time i, th- I think the week one team you know weeks one through like six if they had to play minnesota would have lost um so like i don't want to you know take anything away but i mean relative to the last few years relative to the rest of the league it's not like this is on an upward trajectory here so i mean i think joe shane selling anything beyond four years is is lunacy and and cementing something for two years for for more than two years is is probably bad business practice this protects the team and also this is a commonly injured player there's tons of things here i mean think about or maybe that maybe this is the product of too much thinking about lamar jackson right Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think that's what it is. I think the Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers news cycle, which, by the way, I think was always designed to go on beyond and, and fill this void. Um, I think that oh, might yeah. be just polluting too many minds, too many mm-hmm. bored minds. I'm to say that. Yeah. I don't think I don't. Th- I think that contract. <laughs> the, the con- every bit of like soundbite of like we're not we're not letting Daniel Jones hit the open market. So how is that not confident? I mean, really, let's yeah. let's be serious here. I think that's I think that's going berserk. I haven't seen that, but I also I've been my I, I haven't really been mixing too much on Twitter for opinions the last like week. So, right, right. I just you know I, I agree with you completely. I you know if you don't have confidence in someone, and we're we're not talking about someone who's making four or five million dollars. You know, even if the but money maybe maybe out. my opinion will change if they draft a quarterback. Right. I mean, it could happen. We don't know. I don't know, yeah, but I don't well, think it's going to happen. So. That's also a product too of you know what they perceive a value. If somebody drops that they think, wow, this guy's like a second round pick, and he dropped to the fourth round, and they they're going to snag him because they they have a a value on him. I don't know. I wouldn't connect the dots directly to a lack of confidence in Daniel Jones. If they draft one in the first round, that's different. But yeah, unless unless Anthony Richardson somehow drops to twenty five or someone, I, I I don't see that happening. I don't think they're I don't think they'd be drafting the, the replacement. They'd be drafting for value. I think I agree with you. Speaking of the drafts, I started my own YouTube channel. Yeah, big uh, news. It's, I think it's just called the Football Grump. 
right? I, <laughs> I, I, I'll put the link in the description below uh, for you YouTubers. Um, like I'll put a, it in the description for the, uh, the audio links as well, like the audio description. It'll be in there as well. Yeah, so Phil Collins is on his own doing solo albums, but Genesis, we're still together. It lives on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Did I ever tell you about that? That was like – I was like such a music person even as a little kid that like at recess at school when I was like in elementary school, like I guess like first grade, I, I would just like sit on the grass and listen to music and I would listen to Phil Collins. Hey. Come on. That's, that's a cool first grader right there. There's nothing – hey. You know something? You know, Phil Collins went from being, you know, old Genesis in the 70s, super cool, to super popular, to super uncool, to kind of <laughs> cool again. So yeah. I, I had no problems with Phil Collins. You Me know? either, man. Yeah. Um, so tell us tell us about your solo album. Oh, yeah. So my solo album. Yeah. So that's uh, – right now I'm, I'm hoarding a lot of my draft content there. Uh, just a place where it's not here to – I don't want to, like, pollute – this channel with like non-giant stuff I, I never feel like there's enough time to say what i want to say um and also sometimes i just want to gush over guys i know the giants aren't interested in uh yeah. and so like usually twitter is my outlet for that but um i don't know i just sometimes i want more long-form shit and who knows if twitter's even gonna be around in like two years at this point um so that's where I'm dumping that stuff now. Uh, I'm going to start promoting it. I, I literally only just started it now. I have like the rough plans for a bunch of stuff. But um, I did my favorite first round wide receivers. And to coincide with this episode, I did every single cornerback that I did work on. I just did uh, up until like the late day three guys. I'm pretty sure I talked a little bit about everybody. So you guys out there who listen to this show, and again, we can't thank you all enough who – actually subscribe to this on youtube who, who listen to us on the podcast version you all have the, the sneak peek in, in, into the football grumps uh solo stuff and you know i've seen it i think it's you know we all know the work he does the tireless effort you know the his own spin his own you know unique takes on things his own independent thought um i can't recommend it enough i learn a lot i've learned a lot from grump ever since even before we started you in this show, just two dopes sitting in in, uh, in the Meadowlands. So you know, if 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 you if you support this show, please hit that subscribe button for him. Also, we'll be cross promoting each other back and forth. Um, you know, we'll still Just Giants obviously is still going on, but this is something to supplement. And you know, our stated goal is to make Giant fans the smartest fans in the NFL. So this will be another way to do it. I mean, that's my it's my. Uh my aim there and also uh it's just like another spot for me to just state my opinion versus like other analysts um i always feel like i have to launch into a diatribe every time someone's like what you don't like x player but todd mcshay says and it's like well i don't care about him um (laughs) but anyway so let's get into the draft here i did a whole thing on all the corners so if you want my full explanation on the guy we don't mention or the guy i didn't say enough about that's the spot to check it out and uh, whatever. I'll probably blow that up on Twitter as well. But yep. the current Giants roster right now, corner is obviously a huge problem. Um, it's not an unfunctional uh, functional situation like I would say center is, a completely unfunctional situation. Um, this, we could make it work if we had to. Adoree Jackson, obviously the high-priced guy. He's cemented himself. Also got hurt for a stretch last year. He's got a history of getting hurt. That's going to be a problem. Um, Nick McLeod is a guy they brought in last year and serviced well, mostly in a backup role. Um, 
Cordell Flott was their draft pick last year. I'm a little bit high on him, but he's super raw. He's going to take some time. But in the limited action last year, even in Philly, he looked pretty good. Um, better than I thought he would be. Uh, he's still a little kid, though. Like, very young, very light. Um, right. He got bounced around a lot at LSU. I'm not sure he really hammered down the outside corner position. Um, and that's what I think he is, by the way. I don't think he's a slot corner, even though he can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they also went out and got Armani Oruwaroye. <laughs> I'll let you handle that. <laughs> I can do it. Um, we have some tongue twisters on this team this year. Yeah, that that, that one's weird. I got to see the way that they use him. Um, I'm not sure what the plan is with that. That may just be like it may not fit, you know. Um, well, let's start. Let's start talking about Adoree Jackson for a minute. Go ahead. Hit are me. we are we confident he's going to be on this team when the season starts? Yes, we are. Okay, I am. I don't know, but are you not? I don't know. Um. You know, the, 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 the injury things are an issue. You know, the, the, the price tag is a bit of an issue. I just have this sneaking suspicion that's going to be one of those surprise cuts that we didn't see coming, you know, as especially as we're trying to rebuild the, 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 the cornerback room. I mean, I, I know he's often talked about as like an extension candidate to give cap relief. I kind of feel... Like, the more likely scenario is they just let him play out this year in the contract and let it end, and they let him go. Um, I, I, I think that, I don't, I mean, with his injury history, I think they think that he's kind of replaceable. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that they would like to have him. I don't think that they don't like him or anything like that. I just no, think no, his no, price I, tag is at a point that they would yeah. never have signed him for. He came from the prior regime. He has a bad injury history and admittedly the one last year is entirely the coaching staff's fault yes. um probably the biggest black mark we have on the coaching staff last year yeah yeah i i would say so um, yeah i, I think i think is- that's the plan though man i think they're i think they like cordell flot i think they like throwing bodies out there i think also Wink's scheme needs man cover guys but i don't think it necessarily needs Uh, like the greatest man cover guy. I think Wink probably more than being the most lockdown guy, I think he probably prefers someone that has his measurable attributes, versatility in moving around in the scheme, and also more of a downhill guy than Adoree Jackson. I think think Adoree is good in run support, but I don't think he's like a heavy hitter or anything like that. I, you know. I think what happens on day one or even day two is going to determine what the Dory Jackson situation. If they if they think they can find the guy who can be the replacement to him and be cornerback one on this team, I really think there's a chance they may he may not be on this team when the season starts. Let's have a hunch. Well, I think the thing is is that that's giving them a ton of cap relief that I don't think they necessarily need, and I think the end result is that they lose out on this year. You know what I mean? Like I don't mm-hmm. know what they're going to do with all that cap room. Like, are they gonna, are they gonna sign some like big star that's still hanging around? Beckham signed. We didn't talk about that. I don't really want to, but that was that was eight more words than I wanted to mention about it. Yeah, but I mean that's that's what I mean. Like I, I don't. That's why I don't see that happening. What I think is actually more likely is I think they like Leonard Williams more, and mm-hmm. I think he's the more likely guy for them to extend and give cap relief for this year. That's Great. what I think. I mean, I. 
it's not necessarily my opinion. I think that corners do not grow on trees, especially ones like a Dory. I would prefer to extend a Dory. I just don't think that's how they feel. I, I th- think you're right. I, I think that I think they see too much risk in him, uh, you know, potentially being out again for another five or six games. And, you know, I, I just don't see them in their long term plans. I, I, I think they're going to make a real concerted effort in the draft to, to upgrade the position, look for his heir apparent and, uh, if they get him, I think his days here are numbered. I think so too. So, okay. So, that being said, where are, are you thinking? Round one corner is definitely on your mind. I mean, I think, I really think it's a question between corner, center, wide receiver. The best guy on the board who they think is highest ranked will be one of those three. I'm, I'm really kind of falling into those three. So, day one, I think uh, the Giants are not going to have a chance at Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. Uh, probably my my safest man cover corner in this draft. I don't even think they're going to get out at Devin Witherspoon, who is absolutely a perfect fit, with the exception of the measurables being just slightly under for Wink Martindale. But just like as a system guy, he's just so aggressive and downhill and really sticky in coverage. He's perfect. Um, but Joey Porter is certainly somebody that could be there. He's like 6'2 or something like that, like 200 pounds. He's a monster, played at Penn State, really good man cover corner. Um, he certainly hits like a monster. I could see that one happening. It wouldn't be um, my favorite. but I'll ask you the same question I asked you last week. Um, are any of those guys you mentioned before candidates that we may potentially trade up to get? I would say Witherspoon is worth trading up for. Uh, I, I can't imagine a scenario in which he drops into a, a tradable spot. Um, mm-hmm. See, it's interesting. It depends. Uh, in my opinion, Devin Witherspoon is a slightly better fit because he has that downhill aggressor. Like, he, dude, you know what I mean? The, the difference between mm-hmm. like a form tackler who's a good tackler and good in run support versus a like just a motherfucker who's just going to hit like a train. Right yeah. yeah. So that's Devin Witherspoon. The other one's Christian Gonzalez. When theoretically speaking, I would say Christian Gonzalez is the one I would want to trade for more because, in my opinion, he's safer. I I have I feel like I have a higher hit rate with him. Than Devin Witherspoon, and I don't want to trade up for somebody that's not safe, somebody I'm sure about. You know what I mean? Yes. I, um, yeah. So, but on the flip side, I think Devin Witherspoon's the better fit. So it's that's a really interesting question. And what's even more interesting is that I think for like most of the off season, it's been like Christian Gonzalez is going in the top five, Devin Witherspoon top fifteen, and like slowly I've seen that gap narrow. I've seen Devin Witherspoon now cross over to being the first corner off the board on mock drafts and stuff like that. And granted, I don't pay a lot of attention to those, but it's interesting because there's a legit chance now that Christian Gonzalez is within trade up four spot, I guess. But I still hmm. doubt it. Okay, I mean just. Again, we, we, we think this this front office has the flexibility to go up or down based upon their value of, of, of guys and what they, they're looking for. So, you know, if there's someone – if there's a corner that really fits Wink's system and they really have a high mark for him and, you know, they, they don't want to pass them up, I, I think there's a potential they can move up as well. 
Um, drafting just to draft is not really is not necessarily the greatest thing when you're drafting to you know sacrificing a pick or two to get the guy you really think could be a, a cornerstone of a defense for the next several years. I think it's worth that risk. I agree with you. Um, I, I they could you know like you said center wide receiver are day one concerns as well. Um, they could wait till day two. I think some guys. I I don't think Deontay Banks will still be there by the time they're picking. I'm not really sure about Keely Ringo, but I don't think it's out of the room. I mean, Ringo could be there. Uh, yeah, I was gonna ask you ask you your opinion on him. Um, we I've seen him in person a couple of times. Um, what's your thought on him? Because I, I was time, well, last I mean, year he was a first day guy, and now doesn't seem so much. Yeah, and he had a good combine too, so you'd think. Uh, but he just had a he didn't have as good a year as I thought. I was really excited for him. I thought he would be my first guy off the, you know, off the board at corner. Um, he was kind of heavily penalized last year, like a lot. Um, and that was not just like, you know, personal fouls or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like that stems from being beat. Um, right. So, you're, grabbing, you're grabbing a lot when you're beat. Exactly. In college. Yeah. And, and I, I have to think that. Um, especially in college because what's the penalty? 15 yards if he beats you. So. Yeah. And, and I, I think the NFL calls it tighter. Um more consistently i would say like they'll i i think it's unlikely unless somebody is thrown to the ground in college it, if it's not where the ball is being thrown like it's almost never called it, Am it's I wrong? a weird dichotomy yeah i i think i think they call it tired in the nfl but i think there's more blatant abuse of it in, in, in college because sure. they know the, the the penalty isn't just is not equivalent to what the crime is for that um you know it's interesting i i see keely ringo as somebody that um has all the tools. He's if you built him, you'd be like, "Wow, this is just about perfect." Um, but he didn't really put on the film last year. And the other thing too is, that, you know, playing with Georgia. I know they're in the SEC, so they're playing against more quality opponents than than not. Um, but playing with a defense that's that dominant should mask a lot of your problems. And he still had a down year. He's not going to be playing with a defense that's that dominant literally ever again in his life. Yeah, I mean, that defense, the 2022 Georgia defense wasn't as good as the 2021 defense. I understand, um, but you know but what still, I mean? Like, they, still like quality, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, 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 the disparity of talent, even in the SEC, if they play Vanderbilt, it's not. there's no close matchup in the NFL to something like that. No, 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 not at all. Um, so, you know, I have, I, I do think that he can get better. I, um, I think that he can be good. It just wasn't as good as I thought he would be. I, I, I think if they're going to hit in the second round, it's going to be someone more like Julius Brents from Kansas State, who's like six three and two hundred pounds. I saw him in in Mobile, where he played a lot more man coverage and practice than he did at Kansas State. At least I think, anyway. Um, I, getting back to Ringo for one second, one thing that did cross my mind is, you know, that's a Georgia team that won back to back titles. Pretty much coasted the entire year <laughs> after, after winning a national title the year before, you know, knowing that they were far superior on the field than you know ninety nine percent of their opponents, you might have seen a little, you know, complacency, you know, with guys like him. That's they true. know they know they're going in the NFL. They know they're going in the draft. They're you know, they already have their ring already in their back pocket, and quite frankly, they don't have to throw stuff on tape. People I mean, know I, I guess uh, I would it's say a, that a potential that, theory. It's, it's a sound theory. Uh, it <laughs> also would underscore probably qualities that I don't like anyway. Oh yeah, 
and I'm not trying to defend the Georgia guy at all, but <laughs> I, I should something know. That, you know, somebody that you know with his skill set, you know what he's done in a year like that, where it's kind of you know you get a little soft, you know. Sure. But yeah, if they, if they're gonna do it in the second round, I could see Miami's Tariq Stevenson being a guy. Julius Brents from Kansas State. I don't even as much as I like him, I don't think Stanford's Caillou Blue Kelly is gonna be the guy. Day three guys. I and the reason I mention this is because I do think they could double up. I think they could stack up because I mean, it, once you get to day three rounds four through seven, I think you're looking at guys that fell and you're like, oh, I like this guy. I'm picking him. He's I mean, still it, high, he's still on my board. Is higher than he actually is at this point. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the Maryland kid that's not Deontay Banks, Ja'Korian Bennett, I think is someone that they might consider. Uh, mm. I even liked Eli Ricks from Alabama. I'm not really 100% sure why he didn't get so much playing time. Maybe he had an injury I don't know about. But in all his time at Alabama, I felt like he never had a full season. Uh, I didn't think he was that bad. But I guess my, my follow-up thing is the slot corner spot. Darnay Holmes and Aaron Robinson, I want your thoughts there. Well, Aaron Robinson, we barely even saw at all. Yeah, that's still, you know, we're basing that on potential and what do you think he could be? Although, you know, is that clock starting to run low? How much time we have to wait to see how good he's going to be? I mean, I would say so. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, guys that are, you know, to me are kind of like place fillers until we get better guys, potentially. I mean, it's not like we're... It's not like we have a sieve back there with those guys, but I don't think they're, you know, guys that are going to be real, real difference makers. And, you know, if we can upgrade, so be it. Yeah, I wonder, you know, I, I was so worried about, like, corner two that I didn't really think super hard about the uh, slot corner position. And then, you know, when I did think about it, I was like, oh, Aaron Robinson is kind of like tailor-made. We just didn't get to see it last year because he got hurt. And then as mm-hmm. soon as he came back, he, like, sandwiched into a horrible position and got, right. like, super hurt. And he had appendicitis. Right. It was just like, dude kept getting struck by lightning. The, the hits just keep on coming with him, yeah. Um, But I was looking, and I want your, I don't know. Is it weird of me to just want them to take uh, Hodges Tomlinson? So he's a dude from TCU. He's their number one corner. He's outstanding, but he's five eight. But I mean, you don't. Well, the, what do you think? Like sticking him in the slot? You think that's like nuts? Uh, I mean, if he's you know superior skills and superior ability and talent, and you know, it's a slot guy. You're not asking him to go up against guys that are you know six six or anything. I don't think so. I. I you bring him in, and, you know, where do you think he goes? Is he a, a day three guy? A day well, see, that's guy? a weird thing. He's to me, he's a day two guy because if he if he were three inches taller, he would be a day one guy. That's literally, as far as I'm concerned, that's like the biggest reason why he's not. Well, let me ask you something. You watch a lot of film, you know. How much does the extra two inches really come into play when you're seeing guys <laughs> with good coverage and good technique? And good- I think you should be asking someone of a different gender. Um, <laughs> um, talking uh, just giants after dark. Yes, so. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a that's a decent point, and I think that's one that is probably more recently made for guys that are five ten that are not quite six feet, and just being like, look, he's five ten, like it's really just two inches. But now you're at five eight, man. I mean, you look at your average wide receiver, and it is true that wide receivers are making the argument that they're getting shorter. Um, so, 
but but still even 58 is like tank dell is 58 and i really want him to be like a wide receiver in the nfl and he still may not just because he's 58 you know something I want football players. I don't want measurements. You know, I kind uh, of agree with you, man. That, you know, that, that's why, you know, why do you not pay that much attention to the combine as opposed to going to senior bowl? You want to see guys you just actually, want to see results. <laughs> you want to you guys, you want to see guys hit. You guys want to see how they interact with players. You want to see how they compete. You don't want to see, you know, how far they jump in their underwear. I mean, if that was the case, Anthony Richardson would be, not being drafted, he'd be getting inducted in Canton right now. So I, you know, I understand why you know, there's some, you know, eyebrows raised and a little bit of concern. But if the guy can play, the guy can play. Yeah, and, and like I do draft work, so I was going to hit him anyway. I had him, I had his name written down on a list, right? And that was kind of it. The very beginning of the year, I watched TCU game. And I was watching for Quentin Johnston. And I'm just watching on TV casually. Ball changes over on defense. Dude immediately caught my eye. I'm not even looking. I wasn't. I didn't have my thing up. I was just casually watching TV. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. I mean, he is that good, um, at least in my opinion. He's not perfect, right? Uh, I would think that he would probably be, I don't know, probably behind Joey Porter. Maybe around Joey Porter. So, like, okay. late, late day one. So, somewhere after, so- like, pick 20. That's what you try to do. You try to make that determination is am I getting value in someone who is a perceived lack of value just because of a couple inches? Yeah. You know, I guess if so. you think he, if you think he's equivalent to Joey Porter Jr. and okay, it's just a couple inches shorter, but it has, you know, the technique and the speed and the ball hawking, you know, instinct, that gene, you know, maybe you got you, you get a value pick there out of it. And, you know, if, it, if it's if it's a day three pick and it doesn't pan out, you know, so be it. It's not like you're it's not like he's the number seven pick in the entire draft and you whiffed. Yeah, I don't think he'll be that, but you know, right. it might be around two. I would say if he's sitting around in round three, and we already have the center, I don't really give a shit if we never picked a wide receiver at that point. If he's still pick him, take him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my thought. I don't know. Maybe I'm nuts, and maybe I'm totally wrong. We'll see. Two things, two things could be true at the same time. There you go. Yeah. Um, that's kind of it for for us. That's it for us. Um, um, what do we got next week? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about safeties, or do you want to just do defensive line, linebackers? Those are only things left. I think we should talk linebackers. I think that's a uh, okay. something that we need to kind of we need to explore what this roster is currently and what what needs to be done for it. That's fair. Um, do you want to lump edge rushers in with D line or linebackers? Uh, let's do it with linebackers. Sounds good. Because I was going to say, like, I think we at most we have like two linebackers on the field at a time. It's like we never have three. So I, I, I don't I mean, know. I, I feel like this league is going to, uh, you know, kind of like how college is, you know, getting to that four-two-five type of crazy, you know. More and more guys in the secondary just blanketing the field. and Yeah. Agreed. That'll happen for you guys Tuesday morning next week. Um, until then, uh, listen to us. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. Um, you can follow well, us on we, Twitter as well. We also we have, have my channel. Yeah. We, have new, we have two things on YouTube. You can follow us at, uh, at Just Giants and also... I guess right now it's just 
Football Grump. Football Grump. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, there's tell, like tell no subscribers, your... so. <laughs> there's no. Yeah, be one of the first. I mean, when this thing has 20 million subscribers and he's he's buying. I'll, th- I'll throw a party for the first 100 subs when I have a million. Yeah, I mean, we'd send you stickers, but we don't have any of those. We, yeah. You know, t-shirts whenever we make those. If we ever get a sponsor, that'd be fun. So. <laughs> But yeah, first million followers. Uh, and once get I nothing. hit a million, once once I hit a million, the first one hundred will get a party. How about that? Hey, we're about to hit. I think uh, we're about to almost hit a milestone on this show for a number of subscribers. It's like four hundred. We're about. We're, I think we're like three away from four hundred. So tell, let's see. Tell let's three see friends. Gets, let's see what gets to four hundred first. This show or football <laughs> crowd. Yeah. All right. On that note, <laughs> we will see you all next week. Until then. Go Giants! Go Giants. Go Giants.